Welcome to Zoni Living, Business, Adventure, and Leadership. With descriptions like red hot, unprecedented, unbalanced, and record setting, Arizona's real estate market has left many of us trying to catch our breath. A lack of inventory, a seemingly endless wave of demand, offers way over asking price, aggressive bidding wars, and escalating median prices with year-over-year -year increases of around 25%. What we've seen in 2021 has been a real estate market for the records. And as many of us who have been in the real estate market, we feel like we're playing a wild game of musical chairs with perhaps way too many players all fighting madly over the same piece of property that may not even be our dream home. Well, whether you're a home buyer, a home seller, an investor, or just wondering how valuable your house is today, We've got some insight for you. We'll also be exploring what the experts say about housing solutions in Arizona cities where affordable housing has become a complicated problem. Well, with me live in the studio is Realtor Gary Nelson with Realty Executives in Flagstaff, also the president of the Arizona Association of Realtors. Hello, Gary. Hi, Bonnie. Great to have you here, and you just drove down through a snowstorm to get here. I did, yeah. Good to see you again, and uh, thanks for the invite. Well, uh, of course, love to have you here. And also, you know, this has been an intense market. I think uh, you know better than anybody just how intense it's been for 2021. What's it like out there? It, it has been intense. And uh, we had a little bit of a dip in activity in the last two to three months. And I think mostly it was caused by COVID. Uh, oh, with, the latest surge. With Omicron, yeah. Sure. But uh, the real estate market is ridiculously hot, as, you, as you're saying. And uh, we've been seeing some tremendous increases in values in the last two years. Specifically, we, like you said, we've been increasing about 25% in localized markets in Arizona itself, uh, about 12 to 13% per year in increase in median home prices. Okay, so some of the examples you might have for us are... Yeah, well, I'm in the Flagstaff market, okay. and which is Flagstaff is higher than most parts of the state, as you know. Uh, Flagstaff, Sedona, and parts of Scottsdale are about the same value. So a few things that we talked about, uh, a couple of examples. A property that was listed in our, in our office in Flagstaff, built in 1975, nicely updated, housed 1,740 square feet, comes on the market at 650. So this is a three-bedroom, two-bath home? Three-bedroom, two-bath, uh, two-car garage. Classic family. Uh, classic, single-level house. Nice house. Over half a million dollars at list. 650000 at list. Crazy. Uh, now, it does back up to state trust land, but state trust land can be developed. So sure. you, you have kind of this transitory, I guess, if that's the word, uh, forest behind you. you know? So it could, it could transition, I guess that's a better word. And so it... Um, that property had 11 showings, seven offers, was bid up to 795 by three different individuals. So almost, well, more than three quarters of a million dollars. Right. Wow. Yeah. So when you think it would be a half million dollars, which is a lot of money now, it's sure. three quarters of a million. And it bid up from there. Can't say what it was, but it, it did go over eight. It and seems crazy to me that we're that talking is, about million dollar really, properties as, exactly. a, as just a common thing to talk about. That's about right. And, and another example is, is just that. In Flagstaff, again, nice house, very nice house. I showed it to some buyers of mine and uh, 2,400 and change square feet, four bedroom, three and a half bath house, 
um, in Ponderosa Trails, very nice neighborhood in Flagstaff, sure, yeah. but not gated or anything like that. No, just a lovely neighborhood. It's a nice neighborhood. Sure. And uh, this was uh, a three-car garage, uh, but it came on the market for 900000 and was bid up from there. I know that it went over nine fifty. My clients were writing an offer and, and decided to back out because of, of where it went. So it went... So that's basically a twenty-four to twenty-five hundred square foot house in Flagstaff is, depending on neighborhood, can be very close, if not over a million dollars now. Wow, incredible! In, it is incredible. So you're you're discussing kind of currently what's going on, right? And how is that playing out right now? I know we have some changes coming with us in twenty twenty two, like interest rates. Yes, so interest rates are are definitely changing. They're rising right now. Uh, we should see that to continue for the next few months, but but we're also expecting them to settle a bit. And that's what my lender friends are telling me, is that you, you're going to see a spike in interest rates right now, but you should see them start to come down mid-year, maybe towards the end of the year. So what are we talking about, 4%, 5%? Yes, it'll get up close to 5 and then it'll drop back down near 4 Still again. incredible. So still incredible. I mean, they yeah. are historically low prices for interest rates. I mean, we can remember all of us in our lifetimes when we had real high interest rates. So, but it, it does affect people. It affects how, what they can buy. And especially with a rising market like this, when we're, we're increasing from somewhere between 15 and 25% per year in value, that's, that's a lot. That, that is a lot. And yeah. let's talk about another problem. We have sure. a lack of inventory. Yes, that's the biggest problem. Yeah, and, and from what I understand, we have fewer houses on the market now than we did even in 2021. Yes, we do. So... Right now, we're looking at uh, at maybe a one to two month supply in most parts of Arizona. Some of the higher elevations, less than a month supply of, of real estate at, at any one time. And uh, the lack of inventory comes from a couple of different reasons. Is that move up and move down buyers are having a really hard time finding something, so they don't want to take that leap and and uh, and and risk not having a property sell their home and right. then not have somewhere that's exactly right else to go well we also talked about something that i hadn't heard about before there's there's a new a new market out there in the home buying world and that is millennials the millennials we we never thought we millen- didn't millennials think about, would be out there about the impact of that generation and that's really what we're seeing on a national level where uh, and it was an economist, I can't remember which one, that mentioned it for the first time. And I said, well, thought to myself, that makes a lot of sense. Because the millennial generation is as big as the baby boomers. And we just did not plan for that many people entering the real estate market with new construction and building and that type of thing. So the Great Recession ended for, for real estate about 2011. But unfortunately, the building industry did not respond afterwards. And so there are new properties coming on the market slowly, but not what we need. And so the millennial generation is as big as the baby boomers, and they're older than we all think they are, too. So they're... Yeah, we, they're, we weren't watching while they grew up. Uh, we? Yes. Yeah, so we, we thought that they were, they were going to take a little bit longer, but the top end of the millennial generation is about 40 years old. So some of them, a lot of them perhaps, might be first-time homebuyers. That's so correct. What kind of advice do you give first-time homebuyers in this market? The biggest thing a first-time homebuyer could do is, is to be prepared. Be, and, and what I mean by be prepared is be pre-qualified uh, with a good local lender. Whatever your local market is, my advice would be to stick with a local lender and somebody that knows that market, knows the intricacies of it. That's most important. 
also to be flexible. And, and most buyers are finding that they have to buy smaller and smaller properties right now because right. of the expense. So if somebody wanted a three-bedroom, two-bath, they're settling for a two-bedroom, two-bath, uh, maybe a condominium or a townhouse they weren't planning on. Also, a big part of it is, is what, where they are in that individual market geographically. Um, something that's a little crass to say is drive until you qualify. And, yeah, and I heard you say that. Yeah, so, so you have it's, to kind of test where your correct. money is going to buy you the and and that the best. is, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a little mean to say that, but it, it it's true though. It, you if you go further and further rural, rurally out outside of a market, you can be more successful there. Okay, well, and sometimes there's loan programs that are a little different there too. So like uh, there are some rural loan programs that are very similar to FHA. Uh, loan programs that are available. So have a great realtor who's up to date on exactly. This. You have a great uh, local realtor that knows your market, and uh, and and the same thing with a lender. And what about sellers? What how how do sellers get the most in this record breaking market? Again, hire very well. Uh, get a an experienced local realtor, and really hit it with professional photography, virtual tours that type of thing. In the COVID environment that we have right now, that's what people are looking for. They're, so they're really looking online. Where we always had this, we had a percentage of people that are looking online, that's, that's greatly increased. It's about 97% now. People are looking online for real estate and they're making decisions that way. So, sure. uh, so Without having- seen seeing the house, they might right. be making that decision So right virtual then. walkthrough, mm-hmm. virtual tours are, are really, really important. And so are uh, very, very good photography. Um, and then marketing, of course, and, and that's how you maximize what you're doing. Also, make sure that that realtor you hire knows how to handle multiple offers, because more than likely you're going to get a multiple. They probably offer. have had a, a lot of experience now with yes, multiple offers. Yes, yeah. Most these days. most realtors are very very good at multiple offers and how to uh, how to deal with those. Well, I know we have a lot of investors out there, so I wanted to talk about: Did we miss our window, or is this still a great time to invest? I think it's still a great time to invest, and I hate to say it, I think it goes off what the rental rates are doing. So an investor, assuming that person is putting a property up for rent, sometimes they're buying a piece of land as an investment or a commercial. That's, that's a big part of it as well. But most of the, most of the mom and pops, I guess, or something, you know, that are, that are investing in, in real estate are doing it with rental in mind. So maybe either a short-term sure. rental or a long-term rental, and rents are so high right now that it can, it can pencil for you. Okay. It can uh, cash flow it for you. cash flow. Sure. Well, absolutely. Well, I wanted to ask you about the 1031 exchange. Now, for investors, this is a really great yes. tool. It has been because they've been able to postpone paying capital gains. So the deal is if you sell your property, you can find a like property. So if you sell your investment property, you might have to find another one like that, like a townhouse for a townhouse. And what worries me, though, in this market is, you know, once you sell your property, the 1031 exchange gives you gives you very strict rules. Like you have 45 days to identify properties that you will put an offer on. Right. But in this market, you could very well make 10 offers and and not close a deal. You could. 
Well, like kind, meaning it needs to be real estate. So it doesn't have to be the same. It doesn't exact, have to be a condo for a condo. Right, it does not. So okay. it could be a condo for land or land for a townhouse or something along those lines. It has to be of bigger value okay. because that's what the, the government wants you to do is reinvest in. And Spend more that's money. That's the idea is yeah. to reinvest. But you're right. You have 45 days in which to identify the properties, but you do have 90 days in, to close escrow on them. So that is a little bit difficult. Um, I would advise somebody to talk to an accountant about a 1031 exchange. But a 1031 exchange can really save you a lot of money in taxes so that you don't have to. You ultimately will pay those taxes further down the line, and it's for a more, a more expensive property. And hopefully when your income is not as high. That's correct. Yeah, no, not as high. And then you can also change use of properties slowly as well. There's rules for that. And, and once again, talk to an attorney to or, an an account, or an accountant. Look, but I will say it's, it's unfortunately that the 1031 exchange has been under attack for the last several years as, to, as a possibility of, to have the federal government take that away. But the good news is you have 1.5 million realtors in, in, uh, <laughs> in the United States that are fighting for that, uh, the, the 1031 exchange stays, stays around. And that was new to me. I didn't realize that the 1031 exchange could go away. And that's something that the Arizona Association of Realtors is fighting for which you're the president. That's correct, of. and and the National Association, more so on a national level, is is fighting that, and that's something we do is is to fight on behalf of our uh, on behalf of our clients, uh, lobby on their behalf for fair housing uh, loan programs, ten thirty one exchange flood programs, things like that. And that seems crazy to me that fair housing is still an issue these days. Fair housing is an issue. We don't see it as big of an issue in Arizona as we do in other parts of the country, but I'm sad to say that fair housing still is an issue in the United States. But and we've got you and, and a whole lot of realtors fighting. We do. We have a whole bunch that. of realtors fighting to make yeah. sure that, and it's a big part of our code of ethics is, uh, is uh, fair housing, and, and realtors are, have always been ahead of national fair and local fed ha fair housing laws, so I'm proud to say that we're, we're winning the battle so, Gary, I've got the million-dollar question, of course, sure. is where this market is going, how long will this seller's market last, how long will escalating prices continue to go up? Well, I'm going to be paraphrasing very smart people, and, and uh, some economists that I listen to say that we should be in a seller's market, a, a strong seller's market, at least for the next three years. So three we years. don't, yeah, okay. so we don't see a change in the market we don't feel that there's a bubble. There's not, uh, there, there won't be an influx of, all of a sudden an influx of inventory, which would change things. We could, we could absorb a lot of inventory throughout the nation and throughout local markets in Arizona. So we do not expect to see any kind of a bubble burst. Probably within three years, we will have just a, a cyclic uh, economic uh, change a little bit, but we don't even know what that is. Okay, so, so. Um, barring any unforeseen bumps in the road, things will it'll continue. Continue. Yeah, we, we will see it start to level off a little bit this year. I think uh, we won't see as big a spike in median home prices increasing, but uh, which is a good thing. We do need to slow down. That's for sure. So, Gary Nelson, how do we find you? I am at GaryNelsonGroup.com. And I am at Realty Executives in Flagstaff. 
Okay, and you're also, as we mentioned, the president of the Arizona Association yes, of Realtors. Yes, I am for 2022. Well, thank you so much for being here on Zoni Living and providing your insight and knowledge and for fighting for us. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was, it was great to talk to you today. Thanks, Gary. Take Thanks. care. You can read more about Arizona's real estate market from Gary Nelson in the April edition of Quad Cities Business News and Flagstaff Business News, or go to flagstaffbusinessnews.com or quadcitiesbusinessnews.com. We talked about some of the challenges of today's real estate market, but with escalating prices, what hope is there for those in low-income brackets? We're talking about people who provide key services, those in the hospitality industry, for example, the servers in restaurants, the housekeeping crews that work in hotels or prepare Airbnbs, those just entering the workforce and young families, perhaps, and skilled laborers. Well, joining us from Wickenburg is Tim Swan, Deputy Town Manager and Economic Development Director for Wickenburg. Tim has worked for several cities across the state and has had leadership roles with both rural and northern Arizona committees for the Arizona Association for Economic Development. Tim, oh, are you there? It's a pleasure to be here with you. Oh, hi. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. Wonderful Arizona day today. Yes, it is. Well, in Arizona, towns and cities where tourism is a key economic driver, we have a situation where a large segment of the population can't afford to buy or even rent a home. Many small business owners have told me they have really struggled to try to hire workers and to try to keep workers. Tim, I, I know uh, you have worked with a lot of communities that are struggling with uh, affordable housing, but it seems the problem has gotten more complicated. Absolutely. And I can tell you that housing is a top priority for the Arizona Association for Economic Development, as well as communities from across the state. So housing has historically just been an issue in one way, shape or form. Uh, however, 10 years ago, the top concern with economic developers, what we would face are where would the top executives from a company need to live or where are they going to draw their talent pool from? Uh, the current state of housing has definitely changed, and those top-level executives uh, with higher earners and lesser limits on housing are now being directly affected by it. So company executives traditionally have had the hardest time hiring their highest skilled employees, but now it's just become difficult to get any level job uh, to mid-range employees as well. Uh, many organizations uh, are having a tough time just staying fully staffed and even open and economic developers and community leaders have found uh, it's ultimately linked to the current state of housing. And, and a lot of that has to do with inventory, of course, and escalating prices. Let's talk about Airbnbs and other short-term rental properties. Now, that's all kind of a, a new thing in the last decade, right? It, it is. It's, it's absolutely new. So the short-term uh, vacation rental markets, otherwise known as your Airbnbs, VRBOs, turnkeys, uh, have what you call been market disruptors. So uh, we've all heard of Uber and what Uber did to the transportation industry is the same uh, thing that these short-term rentals are doing to the lodging industry as well as the housing market. So short-term rentals really only gained real popularity since 2015 and now beautiful destinations such as the city of Page has hundreds of these short-term rentals uh, in the community that are taking up housing stock. So just imagine that 30%, 25% of your housing stock in your community 
are just completely disappearing from the market in such a short amount of time. I, I just can't even imagine. I mean, that is such a huge amount, 30%. And the problem of affordable housing in the past has never been simple. It's uh, it's not unique. And uh, Tim, what are some of the barriers? Here we see a list of, of uh, the least affordable counties, but this is really a problem in a lot of places. So so what are the issues and the barriers in the housing market? So there are many barriers. There are many challenges that we see. Uh, just, just to name a few, uh, housing investment groups uh, and even individuals are purchasing new builds and turning them around pretty quickly for a profit. Uh, the high cost of construction, where even the most inexpensive labor, materials, and even margins, homes are still being deemed out of affordability. Uh, and interestingly enough, there's still local opposition in neighborhoods who argue against affordable housing. So we've all heard uh, NIMBYs, or otherwise called not in my backyard, sure. oppositions at the local level. Yes, uh, I, we have heard that. And I know Flagstaff has struggled with the challenge of creating affordable housing for years, decades really. And city leaders have a plan in place now, though, to create a number of affordable housing properties by 2030. And I know there are other communities that are getting creative, and you're very close to that. Absolutely. So very fortunately, there are a lot of people doing certain things very well. So although there is no silver bullet, uh, the city of Flagstaff and even the Verde Valley region have arguably been doing the right thing. So Flagstaff, uh, they manage affordable rental units. They fund a home buyer assistance program, and uh, they work closely, closely rather, with housing organizations like Housing Solutions of Northern Arizona to offer even more housing solutions. Yeah, that's a, the there's Verde, a lot of hardworking folks out there I know working toward that. Absolutely. The, the Verde Valley communities, uh, that includes Camp Verde, Cottonwood, Jerome, Sedona, uh, they formally partnered to address housing with shared resources. So, uh, for example, Cottonwood and Sedona, they're both smaller communities, but they partnered to hire a housing manager, which otherwise they wouldn't be able to do on their own. Uh, with that housing manager, they're able to lead implementation of some of their housing initiatives. Uh, the move is key because many times plans are created and unfortunately they just sit on a shelf. Uh, Cottonwood as well ha has um, uh, a housing assistance program. Uh, Camp Verde has included inclusionary zoning uh, tasks to allow for more dense housing. Uh, and they've even attracted a low-income housing tax uh, credit program developer inside the community. Well, it sounds like collaboration, certainly, and sustainability is really the key to solving this problem. You hit the nail right on the head. So very fortunately as well, here in Wickenburg, we're working on developing uh, and using a deed restriction or a program that restricts properties that would remain affordable in perpetuity, thus a sustainable solution, like you mentioned. Well, that's good news. And, and finally, where can communities find out more information about housing solutions? That's, uh, that's a really good question here. So if you are in development, if you are in real estate workforce or in the housing industry, I urge you to follow, join, or partner with the Arizona Association for Economic Development. Uh, in January, AAED held a rural housing symposium uh, with over two dozen of the state's leading authorities, uh, as well as communities sharing the steps that they took and the best practices uh, with their successes in housing. And there's definitely more to come. Uh, during that event, 
the Arizona Housing Coalition shared the best practice toolkit for municipalities for increasing the supply of affordable housing in Arizona. That's the title of the, the document there. Uh, and it's actually available for free on their website. And that website would be azhousingcoalition.org. Is that right, Tim? That is right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. That's Tim Swan, Deputy Manager for the Town of Wickenburg. Really appreciate you and your insight and for joining us on, on Zoni Living. Thanks for having me. All right, take good care. Well, I'll leave you today with this thought. So many of us are working nonstop, trying to keep up with rising prices, perhaps discouraged by atrocities around the world and worn out by the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. But you need to know this. There's a lot of research about the importance of play in our lives and how much better we feel and actually perform when we take time out to laugh or be around people who lift us up and step out into nature. So let me show you what Sedona looks like at sunset. Take a look at the crimson colors of Cathedral Rock and Courthouse Butte and take a moment to soak it all in. Better yet, Treat yourself to a gentle or more vigorous hike. There are so many to choose from. Just breathe it all in. Well, this is Zoni Living, business, adventure, and leadership. I'm Bonnie Stevens.